the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. One of the effects of the Holy Spirit is what we see today in the Acts of the Apostles. Peter has just told uh, the cripple, in the name of Jesus Christ, by the name of Jesus, stand up, take up your mat, and walk. And now after this, everyone's like, wow, is there really power in Jesus' name? And I want us today to notice the boldness of Peter. Peter and John. It says, first they question Peter and John and they say, By what power have you done what you've done? And Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, answered them, It was in the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead. In his name, this man stands before you healed. There is no salvation through anyone else nor is there any other name under heaven given to the human race by which we are saved. It is only Jesus that saves. In a culture like today, where every religion seems to be the same, or there's just kind of relativism all around, this is a very bold thing to say, that it is only Jesus. So basically you have to tell the Jews, the Buddhists, the Muslims, and all these other religions... You're wrong. It is only Jesus. And it takes a particular boldness to communicate that. Often we're afraid. Afraid of offending someone. Afraid of, of speaking something that might like, feel like very judgmental. But we have to be bold to communicate the faith of Jesus Christ. And where does this bold and boldness come from? It comes from faith, not in ourselves, but in God. It comes from an intimacy and an experience with God. They saw Peter and John and all of the apostles as those who were companions of Jesus. They were friends of Christ. Your boldness comes from the power of God living inside of you. You can't be bold without the Spirit of God and a relationship with Jesus. So if you've never been bold for the Lord, I challenge you. Where is your friendship with Christ? So say this with me and as an affirmation. I'm fearless, I'm fearless. Not, because I believe in myself. not because I believe in myself. I'm fearless, I'm fearless. because I believe in Him and I know He believes in me. Amen. So they call back Peter and John and they say, They order them not to speak in the name of Jesus. And they talk, Peter and John, and they say, It is impossible for us not to speak about what we have seen and heard. It's impossible. So I ask you, is it impossible for you not to speak about what you've seen and heard? And maybe some of us in this church have never seen or even heard what God is doing or what God wants to do in your life. Is it impossible? All right. The next two readings after the Acts of the Apostles. We heard St. Paul talk to the Corinthians and then we get into this beautiful gospel of this woman. First, St. Paul. These next two readings to me communicate incredible hope. Amazing hope that whatever sin you've ever committed, God is merciful. God loves you. You've been washed by the blood of Jesus. That you can come into faith, into love. So... It gives me a lot of hope. But before we talk about salvation, we've got to talk about the problem. And St. Paul communicates sin and what the problem of sin is. 
He says, and this is going to be tough, so just bear with me. Do you not know that the unjust will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, prostitutes, homosexuals, thieves, greedy, drunkards, liars, robbers will not inherit the kingdom of God. Fornicators, those who have sex before marriage, will not inherit the kingdom of God. Idolaters, those who worship idols, those who put something before God, will not inherit the kingdom of God. Adulterers, those who are unfaithful in their marriage. And even Jesus says, those who lust with their eyes are committing adultery, will not inherit the kingdom of God. Prostitutes will not inherit the kingdom of God. Homosexuals will not inherit the kingdom of God. Let me, let me just say an aside with that. Those who have homosexual tendency are not sinners. Well, we're all sinners, but they're not sinning. It's those who live out that, that homosexual desire. Just like us, whoever is heterosexual, if they're not married and they have a desire to have sex before marriage, because it's not God's plan for that, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. Thieves, greedy, drunkards, liars, robbers will not inherit the kingdom of God. Where's the good news in that? I thought Jesus was about mercy. Sounds really judgmental, St. Paul. That's messed up. You're telling people that they're not going to go to heaven? He's writing to his people in Corinth, and he's saying that if you continue in this sin, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. But listen to exactly, are you guys paying attention? Listen, nod your head if you're paying attention, because this is where I want you to pay attention. Immediately after he goes through this list of all these things that are wrong, and in a world that is relative, that says nothing is wrong, well, the Bible's telling you something else. Any Christian church that says that all of these things are, oh, keep it going, no big deal, it's, it's not communicating truth. St. Paul says this, continue with this, please. He says, that is what some of you used to be. He knows his people. He knows that some of them were fornicators, adulterers, homosexuals, greedy, drunkards. He knows their past life. And he says, that is what some of you used to be, but now, like, but God, but now you have yourselves been washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus, in the spirit of God. We all have a past. Everyone has sinned. But the past does not need to continue. For anyone who communicates the faith of Christ and says, oh, you're living in sin and just keep going, that's not love. And sometimes we have to communicate that there is a wrong way. Don't do this. Let's move forward in the love and mercy of God. So the gospel gives us great hope. We see this woman, she comes and she takes a big risk. She goes into this Pharisee Simon's house 
And she recognizes Jesus is there. So I'm going to go to Jesus and, and I'm gonna, I want to experience him. I want to come to know him. And she takes a risk because as she walks into the, to the house, guys, we don't understand this anymore because there's no more shame in our culture. Chassa, I know I'm happy that we're not as judgmental as maybe we used to be as a Chaldean people. That's a good thing. But now there's no more shame. You do something wrong and it's like, who cares? Big deal. This woman is living in a culture that she's the worst of the town. She's entering into a city, into a, into a house, and everyone is looking down on her. Simon is looking at Jesus and saying, Jesus, if you knew who she was, you would know who she is. You wouldn't even let her touch you. Get away from me. You're dirty. She has a lot of boldness to enter into the Pharisee's house. She knew she would be talked about. She risked rejection. She risked humiliation. She had a past. We all have a past. But she wants her future to be transformed. Amen? I have a question. How do you spell faith? Go ahead. F-A-I-T-H. Right? You're all wrong. (laughs) It's good. No, obviously you're right. If you were in the spelling bee, you would have got it right. But I heard it once said that you spell faith R-I-S-K. Risk. That sometimes you need to take a risk. This woman, in her faith, enters into the Pharisee's house and takes a risk. She risked rejection. She risked humiliation. She knew what people would say. But she falls at the feet of Jesus in faith and she receives mercy, forgiveness. Family, some of us have not been to confession in a long time. Take a risk. Get in that line. Oh, people are going to look at me. The most beautiful thing is when a dad with his family gets up, goes to line, and his family stays in their seats, and then the kids say, hey, Dad, what'd you do? Like, <laughs> you haven't been to confession in 10 years. Why would you get up and go to confession? You take a risk. You come so that you are washed by the blood of Jesus. That your life, although it was the past, is no more. That your life can change. Amen? All right. So, one way that we can activate our faith and... I'm just looking at some of the men right now, and it's like, why you got to call us out like that, right? (laughs) But you need to go to confession. Go to confession. All right. And the priest won't yell at you, and um, he's just meant to be Jesus. One way you can activate your faith is um, to grow in boldness, because we have to be bold. In our faith, we have to be bold, is to share your testimony. To share a testimony of what Jesus has done in your life. And in every testimony, you talk about your past, Without glorifying sin. You don't brag about your sin. But you talk about your past and you say, this was my past. This is what has happened in my life. I've sinned. I've, I've, I've fallen. And then you talk about the encounter with God. And if you've never had an encounter with God and how your life has changed, I would challenge you, open your heart more to what God wants to do in your life. Maybe you've encountered God through a homily or through an event or through a retreat 
Or you were in prayer one time and you just really felt the Holy Spirit working in you. Open your heart to that encounter. And in every testimony, you talk about the past, your old life, the moment or moments of encounter. And then you invite the person to that encounter and to a conversion. And so it's an invitation to love. So I'll just give you a quick testimony. Uh, Before I really knew the Lord and, and loved the Lord, I was kind of following the ways of the world. This is like a short me testimony. Following the ways of the world. And I, was, I went to Michigan State and lived kind of as an agnostic. Didn't really believe in God. Didn't follow God. I struggled in faith. And I was living what everyone else told me to live. I said, oh, everyone's doing it. I'll do it too. Everyone's trying to make all this money and be successful. I'll do it too. And the more I sought that over and over, living a sensual life, a life of pleasure, I realized I was never satisfied. I was satisfied for a day, two days, a week. Then I'm like, what's the point? What's the meaning? What's the purpose? What do I desire? And so I came to this moment where I was like, and like the prodigal son, you guys know the prodigal son is like big for me. He has this moment of like, what am I doing? And so I come to this moment and I I open my heart to God and I say, God, I'm just going to come to you and I'm going to, I'm going to just like listen to what you want in my life. And I started living a real Christian life, changed my ways, started praying, going to daily mass. And the Lord started changing my heart and, and giving me kind of like from darkness to light. He says, seek and you will find knock and the door will be open. And I sought him and I found him. I knocked and he opened the door. And that was my personal experience. So I want to invite all of you to do the same thing. Knock on the door of Jesus. Seek him so that you may find him. Amen? All right, that was was a testimony right there. Past life, encounter with Jesus, invitation. Raise your hand, please. Everyone, I would like this entire church today or throughout the week to give a testimony. You can put your hand down. To give a testimony of Jesus to somebody. Testify to your faith. Talk a little bit about your past. Talk about your encounter with Jesus. And then invite them into that relationship. You have to be bold to do that. That's not easy. You have to be bold. And that boldness comes from the Spirit of God. Amen? God bless you.